You are listening to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, your go-to source for unlocking your true soul purpose and unleashing it into your business. I'm your host, Coach Holly Marie, and I'm a reformed old-school business strategist turned spiritual business coach. I'm now helping you to tap into your spiritual power and build it into a business that not only changes the world, but brings you abundantly flowing money while you do it. Stay tuned for an epic show ahead and be sure to share your listening experience on Instagram, tagging me at Coach Holly Marie so I can share the love. Now, grab your crystals, light some sage, and let's get hunting for purpose. Hello, hello, beautiful spiritual listener, and welcome back to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. Today, I want to talk about what it looks like and feels like to heal old trauma. Um, I'm actually recording this episode from my local park, so my apologies for any car noise or bird noise or people noise in the background, but I wanted to kind of capture this moment and record this podcast right now in the current energy that I'm in because I have just had uh, a few hours of sitting in an experience of healing some of my own old trauma. And I think we often don't get that very authentic, real-time representation of the energy of what that that journey is and what that experience is like. Um, Often when we have healed old trauma and we're looking to other people who inspire us and, and teach us to heal old trauma, it's from a very objective standpoint. It's from a place where it was healed long ago. They've definitely come to kind of a place of clarity and alignment with it and I wanted to give you a really a vulnerable and open and raw insight into what it looks like before we get to that place, what it looks like before we get to that objective um, stood back experience of our trauma. This is, this is a part that most people don't give you access to because it is vulnerable because it is scary, because it is still raw. And I'll be real, this is this is a challenge for me to record this now. And I am warring against my own old belief system that tells me, no, 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 wait a few months until you're able to articulate this and teach this really clearly. So um, my apologies if this is not as articulate as it would normally be, but this this is very, very raw and very, very fresh you know, we're talking like within minutes of having had the experience. So for many of you who have been following me, perhaps you're new to the podcast, perhaps you know me from social media, um, perhaps you have worked with me as a a client or um, somebody in my membership in the past. But what most people are not aware of is that I I actually come from a significantly traumatic background. Um, I have trauma in every way possible. In fact, it's reflected really in um, my astrology, in my human design. Um, whenever I have, you know, conversations or experiences with um, ancestors or spiritual guides in other realms, the message that always comes through and is very clear is that the first 30 years of my life experience here really were about uh, trauma. They really were about experiencing trauma of being deeply hurt. That's partly because I was born on a, what we call a Chiron line. Um, and that means that my my wound 
becomes my medicine and that runs in a 30-year cycle. And so the first 30 years really is all of that wounding. And from there, it moves on to the next 20 years of, of moving up onto the mountaintop and being able to heal those wounds in order to make the medicine, followed by another 30 years of then coming down from the mountain and being able to wisely um, bring that medicine to the collective. That's also reflected in my human design profile, which if, if that sounds like gobbledygook for you, definitely go and check out my Instagram at the Holly Marie, because I've been teaching the basics of human design over there. But, um, as a, a six on my profile line, my second profile line, that's very much the life journey of the six as well. I'm also a splenic manifester. It is the life journey of the manifester. Um, I'm astrologically, I'm a Pisces, Aries, Pisces, which again speaks to being very open to hurt, very open to trauma and wounding, but having the ability to navigate through that and then creatively express that in teaching, which is inspiring and healing to other people. So I personally have have not spoken in great detail about my trauma on my social media or necessarily to my clients. Um, I have opted more for really being a space of spiritual teaching in terms of the concepts of spirituality and making those very kind of lofty, sometimes hard to grab concepts, making them very practical and very applicable so that people have access into themselves. People have access to transformation, to having a personal spiritual awakening and metamorphosis. But there has been a yearning in me for a while now to to bring light to this trauma and to speak about at least a few of the key traumas that I have experienced. And largely, I'm doing that in my book. I'm writing my first book at this time, at the time of recording. Um, And if you are listening to this after the book has been published, I am vocalizing this and manifesting it. I hope that you've had an opportunity to read it. But this book is a memoir self-help book. This really is opening wide the doorways into those first 30 years of my life experience and teaching you the lessons that I have been learning about them, the truths that I have discovered, the ways that I healed those hurts and those traumas, and really giving you the tools to do that for yourself too. And most recently, what has been coming up for me are, are a couple of specific traumas. And over the last couple of months while I've been going through this journey of writing the book, I've been revisiting a lot of these traumas. And so for the past two months, particularly, a lot of these traumas have been revisiting the surface as I've kind of opened the doorway, opened the vault and gone back to revisit them. It's not a very comfortable experience. Okay, It's challenging because Trauma doesn't feel any different the second or the third or the tenth or the hundredth time that you feel it. It's it's held in your body. And so when you re-experience trauma, we are genuinely re-experiencing the same trauma. And that has left me quite tired. I've been taking a lot of my own space as I journey through that. Um, And over the last two weeks, I've taken some time off writing because I've been uh, really journeying through... um, kind of my mastery journey. I'm doing a lot of qualifications at the moment. Um, Nine qualifications, in fact, in six months, very splenic manifester of me, just go for it, initiate, do it all. And I'm glad that I have taken these couple of weeks off writing because it's it's given um, 
a doorway. It's given an opening, I think, in my consciousness for a couple of these key traumas that are ready to heal to emerge. And the first indicator that I got of that was that I began dreaming about them. Um, I have always been a lucid dreamer. When I was uh, involved in religion, I actually worked in church leadership for many, many years. And I was considered a prophetic dreamer and a prophetic speaker because I was able to not only dream on my behalf and have this uh, like prophetic pre-manifestation ability to dream about what was coming um, in terms of my own journey, but I was also able to do that for other people and for the collective at large. And in a church, that's a little bit scary um, because most people are not so on board with that within the confines of religion. Within the wider spiritual space, it's still not a particularly common gift. And if you are a dreamer, if you are a prophetic dreamer, I am sending so much love out to you because it can be a very unsettling experience. And over the last week, I've been waking up uh, recalling these very vivid, uh, very prophetic dreams, um, either revisiting old traumas or having uh, almost like a, a prophetic visualization of what the healing of those traumas looks like. And in particular, there has been uh, dreams that have come up about a friendship that I was in, a very, very close friendship that I was in uh, for five years Um we worked very closely together. I actually did a post about this recently on my Instagram, um, talking about this person saying that we, ha- we haven't been involved. We haven't been in communication for two years now because he is an alcoholic. And throughout that friendship, throughout that, the closeness of that relationship, we were magnetically pulled together. It was very much a platonic twin flame experience. And um, there was trauma there was so much trauma because being in his vortex of chaos and hurt and pain and substance abuse also put put me in that as well. And, and I have an open emotional center. I have an open root. I have an open sacral. I have all of those open energy centers, which are just primed to receive that from other people. Um, and there was a, a, has been a lot of hurt and a lot of trauma about things that he said, things that he did situations that we were in which were really harmful to me because I was seeking to protect him and not protect myself and I have squashed those I've squashed those feelings I've squashed that the feeling of that trauma and the experience of of pulling that up and healing it because I wasn't ready I did I have not had the capacity really until now to feel like I can process that. And so I have been dreaming about that particular person. I've also been dreaming about my mother. Um, And like I said, I have not spoken about these traumas publicly, especially around my family. I've not ever spoken publicly about this, but uh, I mean, the definition really of my childhood and my family experience was fear. It was fear. It was heavily abusive and unpredictable and volatile. When I look back on my childhood, the only word and feeling and sensation that I have is fear. It's just fear. I was perpetually afraid. I was either the victim 
of abuse and I did suffer um, sexual abuse from two perpetrators within my family. I also suffered physical abuse, um, emotional abuse. You know, I there was really no way that I didn't experience abuse in my family. And I have consciously really healed that and consciously navigated through that. I spent many, many years in therapy um, and for all intensive purposes, kind of on that conscious level, like that's very healed. It's very, it's very taken care of. I don't feel like it's something that impacts my daily existence anymore, not in the way that it used to 10 years ago. But my body clearly is ready to release the remainder of that trauma and bring it from the unconscious of my body into the consciousness of my mind. And so I have started having dreams about those traumas, particularly around my sexual abuse and um, around my feelings of my mother not protecting me, Uh, my mother who was aware of the sexual abuse and, and did not believe it was happening and thus did not protect me. And of course, the, the complexities and dynamics of that relationship are, you know, they're so detailed. Like this is not a, a kind of once over blanket statement sort of arrangement, but um, it's a pattern of behavior that still continues in my relationship with my mother and has reached an intensity lately, which which brings me back to this reminder of, of a truth that I already know that when we are ready to heal something, not only does it emerge and purge itself from our unconscious into our consciousness rather persistently, but it then manifests in our reality and we begin seeing that same chaos. We begin having that those same situations present to us again. And that can be wildly uncomfortable. It can be really confronting and it brings us back to this place of, of asking, which pathway do I want to take here? Because when this is ready to emerge, when I've healed down these layers and I finally hit this layer of what's being stored in my unconscious and this this trauma and this hurt that I have, I can either resist or I can surrender. Those are my only two options. I can't make it go away. I can't make it go back down. And admittedly, I can't even make it be easy because trauma is trauma and trauma hurts it hurts when you bring it back up. By resisting it, we make that hurt so much harder. We make it frustrating. We make it angering. We make it overwhelming. Um, We kind of put ourselves in the situation of needing to be hit over the head with a bat several times just to submit. But when we surrender, it can be hard, but it can also be gentle and it can flow. It can move faster and it can lead you to that place of clarity with a sense of love rather than with a sense of exhaustion. And I chose this morning, I woke up feeling incredibly overwhelmed and with this sense after having a dream that I was like a wounded bird. I felt like I kind of had one wing broken and I I was desperately trying to flap my way back up into the sky with my other wing and I just woke up feeling exhausted. Um, and I spoke to my husband and said, look, I, I need to take this time. I need to st- take this space. When you have children, this is, this is a particularly difficult thing to do. It's particularly difficult to take yourself away to find separate space because from around the space of your children, this is not really work that you can do. And 
I think that that, just as a side note, that really gets misrepresented in the spiritual space. People who don't have children, who kind of represent this sort of um, trauma healing work as just something that you can do in your lounge room. Look, if you're a mama, you really can't unless your kids are not there. <laughs> so I, I came down here to my local park and spent some time just kind of brain dumping through journaling getting myself some clarity and giving myself permission to have access into this, permission to just experience the feelings that are there and to allow the purpose and the meaning of all of this to just emerge. So important to set the intention when you're doing trauma healing work, um, that you're allowing it, that you're not resisting it, that you surrender to this and, and you're letting it flow from you. I then went into just a gentle meditation and when I talk about doing meditation with trauma healing work, it's not meditation in terms of the way that we usually understand it, right? It's not like, it's not a guided meditation. In fact, I'd, I'd warn people to not use a guided meditation because all that's doing is bringing somebody else's voice in. Really what meditation in trauma healing is about is just having stillness and quiet. It's just stillness and quiet and breathing to hear what is being said to you from your body. And throughout that meditation time, I, I had a conversation with my body. I was able to enter my body and have a conversation and have a visualized experience of, of my body, my inner self handing me this old trauma. Um, she handed it to me like it was grains of gray sand, very old sand, a pile of it. And, um, I looked around, I looked around the rest of my body questioning it and doubting it and saying, but I, I thought the trauma was held over there. You know, I had um, a very, very long 18-year experience with a rare liver disease and I had always believed that my trauma was held there. And in this, this experience today and in this moment with my inner self, she was really able to say to me, no, you've been looking there all along, but that's not where your trauma was that's where your power is in your liver. I also have a defined splenic center, exactly the same part on your body. That's where your intuition comes from. And so to have my inner self speak this truth to me and say, no, that's where your power was and is, and you got sick there because you shut it down. You silenced it. You know, you, you put boundaries and limitations around it and it stagnated. And it became toxic, but the trauma has actually always been held over here. And it was on the opposite side of my abdomen with my solar plexus in my emotional center. Um, I spent some time after that really just sitting with those grains of sand, feeling through them, allowing that emotion to come through my body to experience really what was being said underneath that. And, and here's the thing about trauma, which I think is the most important part of this podcast episode Trauma that is old and healing old trauma is never, ever about what we think it's going to be about. It's never what we consciously believe it's about. We go in with this idea, you know, for me, it was going in with this idea of, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to, you know, experience some of these memories of this time, you know, with my friend who hurt me, or I'm going to go in and experience some of, you know, these memories of my sexual abuse and, and what my abuser did and, and how I felt about people not being there to protect me. And 
what I actually discovered when I allowed that to flow, when I allowed that to come up, when I didn't resist it, but I surrendered to it and I just held those grains of sand and I just felt through each of them was that this has been emerging from my unconscious into my conscious, not because there's necessarily anything left within my body to heal in terms of the sexual trauma or the trauma from that friendship. There, there is something to heal for forgiveness within myself. And that's, of course, when the tears started coming. <laughs> because whenever we realize that we have been the people hurting ourselves, that's, that's what hurts the most. And for me in this experience today, it was uncovering that um, as a child, I was afraid. I was afraid I experienced fear as a daily existence and with a defined spleen, with a defined intuitive authority. And if you look at your human design, you'll be able to see whether you have definition in your spleen and intuitive authority. Um, we, our inner authority is fear. It speaks to us in fear. I don't experience other people's fear. I only experience my own. And that fear is truth. And what I realized today was that I have spent 30 years telling myself that my fear of being abused, my fear of being taken advantage of, my fear of being unprotected, all of these things that happened to me, I have been telling myself that my fear is childish, that my fear was unfounded, that my fear was wrong. And I know now, after journeying into this, that I believed that because I could not believe that I was anything other than a victim. I was absolutely a victim and I was a faultless victim. So I could not blame myself. I could not be held at fault for any of this. But I also did not have the power to make any of these other people accountable for what they did or did not do. And so the only tangible way that I felt that I could have control over, over placing blame was to blame myself for being afraid of something that was terrifying, to blame myself for being perpetually afraid and, and not feeling like I could stop that fear, that I was somehow weak or that I, you know, was overreacting, that I was too sensitive because I felt afraid all the time. And I see now that I was afraid all the time because I was always in scary situations. And my fear was in fact my inner voice. My fear was truth. My fear was me. My fear was my inner authority continually saying, you are not safe. There are things to be afraid of here. There is danger here. And as a child, I didn't have the, the understanding of myself or the um, unconscious awareness to know that was what that voice was. And so instead, all I felt I could do was repress it and tell it to go away and tell it that it was wrong. And I know that that is an experience that is really common for those of us who have experienced trauma through abuse at the hands of another person, particularly if that's been chronic abuse, um, whether that's physical, emotional, sexual, mental. When we experience chronic abuse, we question ourselves, we doubt ourselves because it feels like it's the only way that we can hold on to something. 
because we can't stop the abuser and we can't seem to make them accountable. We can't seem to find a way for other people to recognize even that that they are wrong and that they need to have consequences. We look at how hard it is for, for victims really to bring their abusers to to social consequence. It's so hard for for victims to get their abusers criminally charged for a criminal act. And so the personal experience of a victim being in that is exactly representative of that. We feel helpless. We feel helpless. And what that leads to is that we seek to control anything that we can. And so we find a way to blame ourselves for what is happening because that feels like control. And that feels like something that maybe if we try hard enough, we can change. Today, I haven't done work to forgive my abusers because I did that. I did that years ago and I continue to do that when it emerges. But today I did work to forgive myself, to forgive myself for being a child who didn't believe in the truth of my own fear. I forgave myself for being an adult who has held that for all of these years. I forgave myself for even being resistant for the last few days as this has all been emerging. And mostly I I gave myself forgiveness for feeling unsafe in this body. As a soul, I recognize that my safety has been when I have been in my soul form And my safety has never been found in a human body. And that is an experience that I need to dive into in terms of, you know, looking at my past lives and doing past life regression and understanding where this this chronic wounding around protection and safety comes from. But the first step is always to deal with it in this lifetime. What have we experienced in this lifetime? And is it ready? Is it ready to come up? Is it ready to emerge? Is it ready to purge itself And are you ready to surrender to healing it? Do you want to heal it? Knowing that you might not want it to come up. I didn't want this to come up. I wanted to keep it down there, but I do want it healed. And after two hours with myself and a journal and a pair of headphones, I feel like I've been able to do that. And I wanted to record this for all of you. Like I said at the beginning, I wanted to record this in this very moment, in this energy, so that you can feel the vulnerability of it, you can feel the rawness of it, and so that most importantly, if this has been your experience too, that you can feel seen, because you are seen. And we don't need to have experienced trauma to to be valuable, to have a badge of honor, to be inspirational. It doesn't matter whether you have experienced major trauma in your life or not. You are still an incredibly valuable person. You have the capacity to be inspirational to others by sharing your story, whatever that story may be. But if you do have trauma that you know is still sitting within your body, please take this and tuck it away in your back pocket for when that trauma is ready to emerge and when you feel it coming up within you. Take this lesson, take this story, use this as a reminder, use this as an encouragement to know that when it comes up, that means it's ready and you have a choice, surrender or resist. Do I want to heal it now 
Am I really ready to heal it now? And then trust yourself, babe. Trust yourself that everything within you is all that you need to process trauma. Everything that you have within your connection to your body is all that is needed to navigate through this and to release it out. You are all you ever needed. (sighs) That's all I want to say about that (laughs) for now. That's all I want to share about that for now. But like I said, I, you know, I am writing these stories in detail with lots, lots kind of more deeper truths and deeper wisdom about these lessons in my book. So if you are listening to this in live time, you know, sit on your hands and wait for the book to come out. It'll be out soon. And if you are listening to this and the book is already published, please go and get your hands on it. Um, I cannot thank you enough for listening, for being here. If you would like to reach out and share any of your story with me, please do. Please always feel free to reach out. You can find me on Instagram at the Holly Marie. You can email me at hellohollymarie at gmail.com. Um, and please, please do take a screenshot, share this on social media, tag me because I would love to celebrate this moment with you and join with you in celebrating that you have listened to this, that you have been inspired by it. Thank you so much for being here and I will catch you on the next episode of Hunting for Purpose. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hunting for Purpose. If you loved this episode, don't forget to take a photo or a screenshot Jump on over to Instagram and tag me at Coach Holly Marie on your stories or your posts so that I can share the excitement with you. We will definitely be meeting again on the next episode, but until then, keep hunting for your purpose, babe.